This is Alec. And this is Jack. Welcome to another episode of Smith and Scholar. Smith and Scholar is a multimedia project dedicated to promoting and encouraging young men to pursue and live the good life. All right. So you've already heard who we are and a brief bit about our plans for this podcast, but today we want to discuss a little bit more about what the good life exactly is and uh, what you can expect to hear and see from us a little bit more specific than last time. So, Jack, I got a question for you. Yeah, what's the question, Alec? Uh, what is the good life? Oh, man. Straddling <laughs> with the big ones, huh? Well, I guess that's kind of what we're here for. So, yeah, let me give it a shot. Well, the good life is this understanding of living, we could say, a philosophy of living, how about that, that sort of has its roots in, in Greek philosophy, uh, particularly um, in virtue ethics and the, you know, and the most well-known of the Greek philosophers who, um, you know, did virtue ethics were Aristotle, Socrates, Plato, names that we're all pretty familiar with, even if you haven't read any of their works. Um, and the good life comes from, this understanding of the good life really comes from this this key term um, that's primarily used um, in um, the amongst these Greek philosophers, which is eudaimonia. And eudaimonia doesn't really have a straightforward, you know, Greek to English translation, um, but it usually is understood to mean something along the lines of human flourishing or human prosperity or even happiness. And so. Um, all of these, de- this like definition of eudaimonia, flourishing, happiness, prosperity, fulfillment, um, these really kind of get to the point of what we're talking about when we're trying to discuss or understand the good life. And so I guess kind of putting that, you know, on the table, you know, what does the good life mean to you, Alec? You know, what, 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 what does it mean to live the good life? <laughs> Yeah, so we kind of heard the, I wouldn't call it sterile definition, but maybe more of a textbook kind of look at it, the history. I mean, very brief, given, mm-hmm. very brief, and uh, where it comes from. But the good life, so, excuse me, when I think of it, uh, I mean, we can kind of break it down into the two words, good and life. And when you think about good, you think about the absence of evil, but it's more than just that. It's more than just not doing bad. It is achieving goodness or greatness. Um, and one of the words that was, or one of the phrases for eudaimonia was human flourishment, which is um, the way that I like to see how everything should kind of be ordered towards, especially in like the civic side or politics or whatnot. Um, But then, uh, so that's good. Uh, And then life is actually living. So it's not just, again, the static state of being, it's, it's dynamic, it's doing something. So when you kind of put those two together, when I think of good and life, it's um, achieving goodness or greatness, which is kind of in the name <laughs> itself, but uh, through your actions, through your being. So uh, that's kind of how I see it. Um, yeah, just a union of those two, uh, achieving goodness or greatness uh, by actively doing. Uh, what about you? Do you have any additional thoughts about that? Alec, I think that's that pretty good. I think that really sort of captures even, you know, even simply what, um, you know, at a very base level, what the good life is really about. It's about the good and about achieving it through doing through action. It's not something that just comes to you statically. Um, it requires, it requires thought, um, 
and and action and and in order to have that you have to be conscious about it and so yeah absolutely i think that for me that definition that you just gave is is a perfect way to think about it for sure all right yeah so uh you kind of expanded a little bit more but why are you attracted to the good life or are you attracted to the good life yeah i i think that anyone who for the most part i think because with the way we've we've discussed it i think virtue requires action and so you have to have an orientation or as you put it an attraction to the good life and to what the good is and so i would certainly say as someone who is um you know pursuing good and virtuous life that i am attracted to it um and i'm attracted to it because it, you know because of my upbringing or um you know the way i've been raised and the role models i've had um it seems to be that the good life is something that, um, at least in my opinion, all great men, um, it's something that they all pursue. Whether or not they, whether they not they call it the good life or not, it's something that I think um, that, like you said, you said it's, it's about living great. And I think the me- the people in this world who have lived greatly um, have certainly sought the good life. And as someone who has always sought to emulate those folks, those people, I think that. Um, part of that is is living the good life, and so in a way, that's it's sort of drawn me into being interested in living the good life. What about the easy life, though? Isn't isn't that attractive too? Or you know, how would you compare those? Yeah, absolutely. I think the the easy life is attractive, but um, and uh, easy life is not a, a coin termed by the uh, term coined by the Greek philosophers. <laughs> right. <laughs> easy life is you know go with the flow, do what you want. Exactly, and I mean that's the thing is the good life oftentimes requires you to. The virtuous life requires you to live virtuously, which means sometimes putting aside your base desires, your base, um, your base drives. And, um, I mean, and those are things that make us human in a way, but, but refining them, putting them aside, um, and, and narrowing your path a little bit. And I think that the reason, at least in my life, and I think you can see this historically. And again, to someone who studied, you know, history and politics, I think, um, people who don't live, you know, who t- maybe we could say don't live virtuously or take the easy life, their lives are actually a lot harder in a lot of ways. I think um, you see a lot more anguish. You see, and we're, and I, I kind of want to get into this a little more in some of the other questions we're going to ask why there's anguish or why the connection between the good life and happiness. Because I think the easy life, though we think it might make us happy at the time, oftentimes doesn't. And so, in a way, that's why also why the good life is attracting to me. Because even when we think that the easy life might make things make us happier or, um, make our lives more fulfilling. It often, often doesn't, even though that, even though we, we we're told it is, or we think it is, or sometimes from our experiences, it might seem to be, um, but it oftentimes isn't. So, and that's another key factor for me and why I'm attracted to the good life. Yeah. I think it's an interesting point. The easy life, uh, you know, sounds like it is the good life because you get to do what you want. You don't have any obligations. Uh, you kind of free in a sense, but um, yeah, contradictorily, you are actually experiencing maybe more unhappiness. And the way I've kind of heard it described by other people, you know, when you live the easy life um, in, in modern times, maybe it's described by playing video games, eating junk food, <laughs> sitting on the couch, sleeping all day, uh, and not really caring about other people. You just feel kind of gross. And when you think of that image, uh-huh. you don't think of 
maybe uh, a well put together man. Right. You think of somebody who might be a little bit slovenly or, or, or slavish. Mm-hmm. So just when you put those images or when you say the words and you, an image pops into your mind, you don't necessarily think of a great man or right. a good guy. Or, so, a, or a happy man or a happy guy. Yeah. And, and again, sometimes things in the easy life can bring forth a little bit of uh, momentary happiness, but I think there's also a differentiation between happiness and meaning. Um, there's definitely that distinction in psychology and uh, sociology, mm-hmm. uh, which maybe we'll get into another time. Um, but yeah, just I, I wanted to bring that out because the next question or the next kind of thing to think about is, is the good life attainable by all? Uh, I think, yeah, absolutely. I think you and I both agree that it is attainable by all. I mean, we talked um, in our first podcast episode about um, how, you know, we recognize that the good life and virtuous living is it's a universal thing. It's something that we can all certainly achieve or at least strive for. Um, it doesn't matter, you know, really, it doesn't really matter what your background is, whether, you know, re- religious background, um, you know, geographic background. And I mean, I think this is something you see, there are currents of this, um, not to say that, you know, the good life is relative, but there are currents of this in all sorts of, you know, civilizations throughout time. You know, what you know, people trying to understand, like, what a good life is and what it means to live a good life and, and that sort of thing. So I think it, there, it's very clearly um, something that can be attained um, by all. You don't have to you don't have to fit a certain mold starting off. Now, I think there are certain things that once people start to live the good life, they kind of look look similar in a way, right? They um you know, because it's all about it's based on virtue. So you 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 see the same virtues being exhibited by different people, um, and that sort of thing. But absolutely, it's attainable by all. I mean, do you have anything else to add to that? Yeah. Well, when you said that uh, it can be seen throughout different civilizations over time, it just reminded me of one topic that uh, uh, you should be learning, and which maybe you learned in undergrad, but mm-hmm. has ceased to be taught in uh, modern law school, maybe since the seventies or eighties. Do you know which topic I'm talking about? No. Uh, natural law. Oh, so yes, I'm, I'm a big proponent. I actually am personally a big proponent of more natural law thinking in law schools. And it's a very, there is a void to be filled there. So that's actually interesting that you, you bring that up. And I think, uh, yeah, go, yeah. Talk a little bit further about, um, maybe the relationship there and why you bring up natural law. Yeah. So natural law, as you might suspect, uh, stems from, uh, again, breaking it down into the new words, natural or two words, natural, um, meaning not artificial or, you know, something that might be uh, perceived out in the, I don't know if wild is the right word, but, you know, it's not something that's been manufactured and then law kind of a guideline to live by. So when you look at it that way, there's something that can be seen across peoples or, again, civilizations, time, uh, which is a a kind of guiding principle. And so, again, I don't want to go too far off topic, but when we get into relativism and mores and uh, morality, you know, this is a big topic because if you don't believe in natural law, then some some of those conversations can't happen or aren't as full because if you don't believe in natural law, there's a little bit of question about what is objective reality and whatnot. Well, let me tell you, you might not believe in the natural law, but it sure believes in you. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, just want to bring that up real quick because uh, that's also the way to see things is that, again, it's universal. It's It's throughout time, place, history, no matter what. And kind of this natural law of which we can discern naturally without uh, kind of an external um, revelation, whether it's divine or another person mm-hmm. teaching us, that would help. But um, it's something that can be attained by everybody. And so I think that's kind of a- another way to equalize. 
everything and say that, yes, uh, the good life is attainable by all because we all have natural law um, or we can recognize natural law. Okay, and so um, kind of with that um, out of the way, and we've kind of touched on this, but um, what are some ways we can attain the good life? And uh, it's it's hard to answer, but, you know, go ahead and take a shot. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think something, the terms that we've been maybe using interchangeably kind of point to this a little bit. We've been talking about living the good life. We've also been talking about living the virtuous life. And so I think the easiest way to, sh- to describe this, and this is something that you see in, you know, the Greek philosophers that we brought up earlier, is that the good life, you know, eudaimonia, achieving eudaimonia, achieving that human flourishment, that human, um, you know, that, that human development, that happiness, uh, part and parcel of that is developing and cultivating virtue. And so, I mean, I think that's something that we plan on talking about a lot um, over the course of this project is virtue, what they, what virtues are, how to develop them, um, you know, how you can enact them in, you know, every single aspect of your life, because that is really the most concrete way, I think, in which you can attain the good life is living, is living virtue. And that's, a th- you know, that, the thing about that is that it's a, it's a journey, which is kind of the fun part about it. Like it's not something that you just flip the light switch on one day and you're a virtuous person. It's something that you work on every single day of your life. Um, and you have to take stock of where you are every day and think about, you know, where did I fall short this day? Where am I? And I mean, one of the things and we can talk about this later is, um, a good, good way to think about this. And this is something that uh, comes up again in the Greek, in the philosophy and thinking about what virtue is. Virtue is, um, the mean between two extremes. Right. And so that's like a really easy way that you can take stock, um, you know, quick, quick practical tidbit here. You know, you want to take stock of your day and developing virtue, whether it's, you know, prudence or charity or justice or fortitude or temperance or any of the number of virtues we can discuss later. Um, but, you know, like taking stock and figuring out, okay, you know, this is the, a virtue is a mean between two extremes. Where am I? You know, and then like, are you, it's kind of, you know, it's sliding, a sliding scale in the way. And so I think, again, that's, you know, I think most practically for people, if you're interested in attaining the good life, it's about living virtuously. Yeah. And so it, it seems kind of circular to say, how do you attain the good life, which we said is uh, living the virtuous life well by living virtues. But um, I mean, that's kind of the best way to say it, I think, because what are you doing? You're attaining virtues, which is the virtuous life. And yes, we'll get into those details mm-hmm. later, specifics, what some of the virtues are, maybe how to practically live them. Now, part of the thing is you can't always just teach a virtue. Uh, you have to either experience it or maybe see it um, somewhere else. And that kind of brings me to the next question. Uh, can you attain the good life all on your lonesome? I mean, maybe if you're a mendicant, but <laughs> honestly, no. Um, I mean, humans generally were social creatures, um, and we, we learn from observing, we learn from doing with other people. Um, and particularly, um, where we live in a world where a lot of people, you know, how you might share similar experiences with each other. I mean, you and not like, you know, we did in our intro, you and I went to the same high school. We've stuck together as friends for, I, I mean, holy cow, 10 years now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I mean, we have a lot of the same experiences and that means we're able to talk about those experiences and, um, talk about, you know, how can we live better? How can we be better men? And certainly I think that's, yeah, it's, it's something you can, this is, so to answer the question, you know, is this something you can do on your own? Yes, you can, but it will be, it will be one, very difficult. And two, um, I think in a way, um, you know, uh, like we said, part of, part of living the good life is attaining happiness. I think you'll actually be less happy for it. 
um, because this is something that you can exp- you should ex- want to experience with other people. You should want to grow in virtue um, with other people, and in a way, you'll you'll I think find the experience better. But also, you'll in a way you'll you'll I think you'll it'll, you'll it'll be easier for you to cultivate virtue when you are doing it with other people in mind or together with other people or just consciously being aware that this is something that you're striving for in your interactions with other people. Yeah, definitely. And and you talked about, you mentioned specifically journey uh, just a few moments ago. And mm-hmm. if you really think about life as a journey, uh, I mean, you can look through history, look at biographies and see all the hardships people go through in your current life. You can see hardships. Maybe you live a little bit easier, but still, it's not just a walk in the park. And if you're going through a journey, you probably want somebody to help you along the way, whether it's a guide or a friend or somebody that you can help if they're going through a more difficult time. So that's the other way I see this, um, this, how do you, you know, can you attain the good life on your lonesome? Yes, but that's like going through Antarctica with just a backpack uh-huh. on and maybe one dog to, uh, you know, help push your sleigh or pull your yeah, sleigh. Yeah, absolutely. Or I just, I just actually got done watching the Lord of the Rings movies and it's like journeying the Mordor without Sam. Like- so I, I was going to bring that up, <laughs> but I didn't want to get into Tolkien too soon, but uh, you, you broke the wall down. So, <laughs> sorry. So, it, I mean, let, let's cut it off there. Otherwise we'll, we'll, we'll just go talk all day. about it. <laughs> okay. But, but bringing up the point of Frodo and Sam, uh, that was a companionship. That was friendship. And so that brings us, or brings me, us to the last point of, you know, how do we do this um, together? And so part of Smith and Scholar is um, bringing people together. So whether that's um, a community that's physical, you know, Jack and I being friends and being in the same area, or whether it's digital through the internet, having a community online, uh, we still know that there are men striving for virtue out there and we want to be able to connect everybody. So again, it is easier to have a physical community because you can see people face to face. There's, I guess, greater accountability mm-hmm. when you're looking somebody in the eyes and saying, I was, you know, I was virtuous this week, or I lived magnanimously this week, mm-hmm. uh, something along those lines. But uh, in, in the new age, I guess, uh, with the advent of Skype, Zoom, Google Hangouts, uh, cell phones. Teams. <laughs> yeah, Microsoft Teams. Can't leave that out there. Um you know, there's still ways to meet face-to-face, maybe just not in the traditional way. Uh, and we also have this need for human connection. I mean, just everything that you do is, uh, Jack mentioned earlier, we're, we're social animals, we're political animals, we strive for human connection. Um, so, and then kind of a more, I guess, topical point is currently uh, in this time we have COVID, the introduction of COVID into our system, which was a huge shock uh, just everybody getting blasted away by uh, what that was and mm-hmm. having to go into isolation, quarantine, not seeing people. And uh, this is coming a little bit later than that, uh, I guess, onset of COVID. But to still kind of build upon that, um, I guess, lack of community or, or what was going on then. Definitely. So we hope that everybody who does listen to this, uh, watches this, can engage uh, with us through social media, YouTube, Twitter, whatever we end up using and, and are using at the time, because uh, who knows it might change on the political <laughs> landscape. But again, <laughs> we'll leave that. We'll leave that there. Uh, and then also perhaps face to face, depending on where people are at. Um, Houston's a big city, um, so we'll see where people end up. Um, but still, you know, it's great to get a group of guys together um, to talk about some of these. Maybe listen to our discussions. Uh, have discussions of your own. Uh, so that you can dive a little deeper. I guess that's the idea is, is what we're saying is good, but what we're saying can 
hopefully spark better discussion, better engagement and exploration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also help. Uh, I, I think over the past three years of doing this, uh, <laughs> just planning phase, whatever, you know, we, we've grown and, uh, in some virtues together and like understanding what we want to talk about. Right. Absolutely. And, and that's been, I think pretty helpful for us to be like, we're going to do this, but then we realize, well, if we're going to do this, we have to actually do it. Do it. <laughs> uh, so hopefully, you know, that that's also happening for all the listeners and viewers out there. So uh, with that and kind of maybe a little more uh, discussion about the digital, the physical, uh, I think maybe we can talk a little bit more about some of the specific media. Last time we gave a more, general overview of what we're doing. So let's talk about some more specifics that Smith and Scholar can bring. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, again, we, we envision this as a multimedia endeavor. And so, I mean, right now you're listening to us, you're watching us. And so, I mean, one of the main forms of media that we're going to use is podcasts. And, you know, we kind of envision our podcast to be a discussion on a certain topic, keep it narrow so that, you know, that will prevent Alec and I from rambling, which you, yeah. you will not enjoy. We'll uh, enjoy it, but you won't. <laughs> I will try to say, let's stop the topic there and move on <laughs> as I did two or three times during right. this. Um, and, you know, there'd be anything from, um, you know, book review in a way, book reviews that hit on, you know, certain virtues, um, and discussing them, same with movies, uh, reviews and discussions. And then, you know, as this grows and we get more, more of an audience, hopefully, you know, people will, will want to chime in and be like, like, you know, Hey, we thought about, I thought about this. What, what do you think about this? And that can, you know, grow into its own episode and that sort of thing. So hopefully answering, um, audience questions and that and that sort of thing. So yeah, because we're not the only ones who need to be listened to, or we don't even need to be listened to. <laughs> but uh, you know, True. having other input uh, definitely helps. Absolutely. And then um, you know, again, we're we're recording this audio, but we're also doing video, and so we hope to utilize YouTube, um, and so that everything that we discuss uh, in podcasts can be in a video format. Um, plus we maybe we'll be able to, you know, sometimes in a podcast, it's kind of a long conversation, but there are moments that really just encapsulate what you're trying to capture and we can cut those down to clips, um, and do shorter clips of standalone, but related content, including things like, um, well, Alec, why don't you describe this? Because this is something that you've been thinking about for a long time. Yeah. Uh, this actually was one of the things that made me want to kickstart this project It's called philosophy is not for the weak. Uh, whether it's spelled W-E-A-K or W-E-E-K, um, and it would be on Saturdays or Sundays, you know, if you get the pun. Um, <laughs> uh, but just the idea of, of uh, taking a quote and kind of exploring a little bit further. Uh, then also Portraits of Virtue, uh, that idea is getting into the biography of, of somebody who lived a life of virtue or, or exemplified something, whether it's somebody in literature or somebody who actually lived, and just expounding upon their life and what they did and, and why we're you know, focusing on them for this certain reason. And then uh, potentially having guests, um, whether it's, again, for just a YouTube video or for podcast, mm-hmm. uh, getting people in here to share their experiences, their expertise, uh, because it's it's all valuable. Absolutely. Yeah, and then um, the last thing is we do have lots of ideas. Again, three years in the making. This is just a little taste of, of potential things that can come. We don't want to uh, jump in the fire quite yet because that's there's a lot that is out there that we could do, but maybe we don't want to get into right now. Prudence. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, we have we have other things going on: school, family, work, stuff like that. Uh, and then 
you know, we don't want to talk about it too much right now, so we're not keeping you guys on the edge of your seats. Like, oh, tell us more, tell us more. I mean, maybe by the time some people are listening to this, we've already gone into 20 different side projects. Um, but we don't want you guys, you know, to expect too much from the beginning. I know it sounds kind of bad saying, like, don't expect too much, but uh, we're, we already laid out. We're doing podcasts and uh, related content on topics. Uh, you know, you also have something to look forward to if uh, if we do end up doing these things. And then we want to let things naturally grow. And that's really important is if we try and force everything down the pipe and just say, we're going to do uh, five different videos a week and um, all on these different topics, it might lead to some sort of burnout or, or just disenchantment with what we're doing here. And mm-hmm. the whole point is to be natural, to let it flow and uh, do we, we do what we want to do. Um, not the easy life, but the good life version of doing what we want to do. <laughs> um yeah, and then because we want this to be natural, also I've mentioned this now a few times, I think in the last podcast too, about having the audience, you know, talk about it, talk, uh, talk to us about things, let let us know if there's something that you guys want to hear or see or something. Uh, because that's part of this platform is to have this community and let people, you know, give some input in. And um, you know, if what you suggest is what we have planned, then that's great. You know, uh, we might start working on that kind of thing. So. Um, Jack, how about some more logistics? Like, how often are we going to be doing this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, the emphasis is on, you know, natural kind of outgrowth of, you know, the the things that we want to do. But we're trying to, we want to have something of a schedule. So um, hopefully to have content once a week. Um, that's subject to change, though, allowing for our personal and professional lives. Um, and, you know, that's actually a good thing in a way because there's always developments that happen in our professional personal lives that make for good lessons that we can hopefully share with you guys. And, um, but that will also affect how often we plan on adding new content. Um, anything else, Alec? Uh, basically that's it, but we're just, we're excited to do this. Um, I, I, I'm probably going to be saying three years, three years for the next 12 episodes. (laughs) We finally did it after three years. (laughs) Um, but it's been in the works for quite a while and you know, we finally decided to do it. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's basically it. Just, uh, if you're watching the video, you can see the big smile on my face because I'm I'm happy to be here, and I'm just saying like maybe we can do five videos a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, don't hold me to that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that's it. I so. think that's it. Thanks for joining us. Yes, definitely. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Smith and Scholar. If you liked what you heard. Please subscribe to our podcast on all the major platforms, including YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Also, follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with everything we are doing and thinking. Finally, feel free to give us feedback and ask questions across the different platforms. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, this is Smith and Scholar.